This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is broken, Dean's all whack. Great, call Kanye. Please bring fun cast back. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where me and Chris are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are back to continue our journey through Season 7. We haven't stopped. We are, we are every single week. You get one episode. Um, if, you're, if you're a member of our Patreon, sometimes you get extra episodes. Uh, I don't... With our, our kind of... We're a little bit ahead, so I'm not quite sure if the, the first bonus episode was going to be out yet. If not, it'll probably be on the next episode. But uh, if that's out, you can go check it out at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Thank you for everybody who has, has donated over there. We got a, a new patron this week. Um, I believe his name was Kyle or Matt or Bob, maybe Chris. <laughs> Chris, can you help me out of this death spiral that I'm in right now? I don't know the person's name. I don't get the Patreon emails, but whoever you are, thank you very much for why your don't support. you get the Patreon emails? What are, what are you doing? They're set up to our Monster of the Week account. I don't check that. I'm a busy guy. Oh my god, you're so you're so busy. You're so busy. Tell me what you did this weekend, Chris. What's up? Oh, I ate sushi. <laughs> you already know what I did this weekend, Jeremy. I ate sushi and I watched Supernatural. The listeners don't know that. For they will at the end of this episode when they listen to the outtakes. Uh, the name I was looking for was Mitchell. So. You got there eventually, so thank you, Mitchell. I'm sorry that my co-host couldn't remember your name. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, but thank you to everybody that's pledged over there. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot. It lets us do other cool episodes, and uh, it lets us do this podcast on a regular basis without you know feeling like it's yes. just a, a drain of time. Um, and also, like our Discord server set up for patrons is the coolest place ever. I love hanging out on that Discord server. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there. Probably a lot more time there than I should. Yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, um, it's the internet, you know. so it's it's okay. Um, yeah. Chris, before we get into this week's extravagantly weird episode, can you remind mm-hmm. the listeners what has been up with the season seven so far? Oh boy! So <laughs> do you remember the Leviathans? Because at this point, I'm starting to forget them. Uh, the boys have lost just about everything: Bobby, their car, uh, their true selves, their identities. Um, but they're still trucking along. Uh, Sam is still seeing Lucifer, though we haven't seen him in a while. And uh, Dean is Dean's trying to come out the other end of his depression, right? I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. I should have written this one down. But um, the boys are, are just in, they're in the mid-season slump where they just need to work regular cases until they catch a lead uh, that will lead them to the finale of this season. Good job, Chris. I really, I really appreciate you coming through for me on that one. Yeah, came up big. Oh, man, I'm really not pulling my weight here anymore, am I? <laughs> No, Chris, I think you're doing just fine. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing Season 7, Episode 15, entitled Repo Man. This was written by Ben Edlin, directed by Thomas J. Wright, and was aired on February 17th, 2012. Double Trouble is the tagline for this <laughs> Double episode, Brother Trouble! Uh, which is, that does not feel like an accurate tagline to this episode at all. Um, four years ago, Sam and Dean helped a woman named Nora exercise a demon that was systematically killing women in a small town. They managed to save the postal worker, Jeffrey, while vanquishing the demon, but now it seems the black-eyed monster has reared his ugly head again and returned for a second helping. Uh, 
The brothers wow. visit Jeffrey, who has been locked in a psych ward since the incident. Nope. To see if he can remember any of the demon's <laughs> plans while he was possessed. That's extremely untrue, but okay. Extremely untrue. That's not what happens at all. Uh, so before we get into this, uh, this episode feels kind of markedly different than what season seven has felt like uh and i i, I don't normally do this but i, I kind of did a little bit of digging on this one just because i wanted to see what other people thought of this when it aired so like I, I read the av club review this was back when they were still doing reviews of supernatural which i don't think they are anymore uh which is weird because they review literally everything else um <laughs> so and i just because i was i just it felt kind of tonally weird to me it felt a lot darker than what I'm used to out of a uh, season seven mm-hmm. of supernatural. And I, a lot of people seem to ascribe it as a, like to describe it as a return to like the form of season one, where we'd have these uh, kind of one-off monsters and the boys would have to f- have figure out ways to kill them. But that doesn't seem true to me either. Like this feels like something markedly different than we've seen in this and in any season so far. Are you with me on that? Or, yeah, am, I, or, am, is, I, or am I off the cliff? Is, no, this is a very unique episode for whatever reason, for better or for worse. It is, it really, it stands out to me. Uh, I, I did forget about it, which is funny, but a few minutes into it, suddenly it all clicked back into place, and I, I remember it enjoying it, but yeah, it, it um, in some ways it, it does feel like old Supernatural, but it also, it, it strikes an interesting tone that, that both does and doesn't work for me, kind of. Okay. It's interesting that to me that you said that you uh, forgot it, because uh, shortly after watching this episode... Um, actually, in the I think in the outtakes of of last week's episode, I'm like I don't remember this at all. Like I think that that comes up in this in this in that episode, and then mm-hmm. reading through the description, I didn't remember at all. And so after I watched it, uh, I went to our Discord and I went to the section where we have cordoned off for that we can talk about everything from season one through twelve. And I said like, y'all, this episode is fucked up. And like all of our mainstays, like Eric and a couple other people were in there like, we don't don't have any memory of this episode. Which one is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one guy mm-hmm. even said like, I watched this one a few weeks ago and I, I definitely don't remember it. Uh, yeah. Or a few months back. Uh, it's So it's it's a weird episode where it's remarkable, but it's not necessarily memorable, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's... I only remembered the cold open. And I will remember... I remember the cold open because of Sam's hair, which should surprise nobody. But other than that, I did not remember this episode until, like like I said like a few minutes into it and then the, the memory started kind of clicking into place. So, uh, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into the meat, if you will. Yeah. Um, uh, we, yeah. we have our normal, uh, previously on our then segment, which, uh, reminds us that Lilith existed. For, yeah. Or, it was like, it's a blast from the past. And then, uh, also that Sam has a, a head wall, uh, that's going to be coming down and that Luc- who Lucifer mm-hmm. is. And then all of like Sam's deal. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, so like it's just kind of a, a a good catch up if you think if you would yeah yeah it's easy to be like oh okay so in, in this episode we're gonna deal with like some Lucifer Sam brain stuff but like why is Lilith here that that was a little bit more interesting yeah the Lilith popping up was was really unusual so we start cold open four years ago in Idaho uh, the boys are out in like an abandoned house or you know wherever they mm-hmm. the abandoned um wet pipe factory house whatever um the first thing that we notice obviously says four years ago but the first thing that i noticed is that i already brought this up is sam's hair uh because that's like he's got pretty distinguishing hair from season to season <laughs> at least for the first few and they just took his hair 
in in season seven and just made it super puffy on the sides. I was like, yep, no, that checks out. They put him in the uh, they put him the boys, both of them in their old jackets. Dean has kind of looked the same. Season one, he looks like he is an actual high school teenager. Yes, and then from then on, he's just looked the same, just like a normal um, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but sam he's had he had a look four years ago and i, I think that they actually nail it um and they immediately just kind of gr- grab that that same vibe where they were all hands on deck against these demons um right away we see dean like full-on in torture mode which was like uh, the hot topic for for season three and four um it's just right back into the good stuff right back in the hunting for lilith trying to stop the seals from being broken or whatever um, but none of that's really important. They're here with a Wiccan. Her name is Nora. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she she will she pulls up to visit Sam and Dean while they're there. Um, she seemingly was what like hunting this thing on her own before, like but almost as like kind of like a hobby. Like oh, this is interesting. Like I like paranormal stuff. I'm gonna look into this. But then she stumbled into like an actual demon serial killer situation. Yeah, um, and she, so yeah, she the boys assisted, this. like, in theory, like, she was the mm-hmm. person that the boys went to for, like, the local expert or whatever when the when the boys came into town, right? Like, right, so, right. Yeah. She's the, the uh, local professor. Who exactly, yeah. Their, uh, she's she's the local Wiccan. <laughs> yeah, the local Wiccan, of course. Um, so, yeah, they have this demon tied up. Um, Dean's torturing it. Which, again, classic Dean. Um, the demon starts, like, really spitting some, some mean demon shit at Nora. Uh, so she takes off, she gets the hell out of there. Um, and that just leaves the boys to, to do what they do. Um, and the demon decides that, oh, these, these boys are going to torture me. How, how would they like this if I just give control back to the, the host that the, the person he's possessing, this guy named Jeffrey? We've seen this tactic before. This is, this is a, a demon move. They'd like to, to pull to make Sam and Dean feel bad about the shit they're doing. But I guess at this point in time, they don't feel bad about anything. They're just like, no, we're still going to go ahead and do this, but like, whatever. Yeah, they seem almost, um, like they, they definitely seem desperate. And, uh, and you mentioned mm-hmm. Lilith, right? Did I, I think I might've, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so they're, they're chasing Lilith. So they definitely seem desperate to find her, but they also seem, um, just desperate to be done with this, um, in a way that's very season seven and not like season three to me, but I don't really care that much. Right. Like I'm not going to have that, that discussion cause it doesn't, uh, the time travel stuff. I don't want to get like caught up in a bunch of, well, actually, um, yeah, yeah. The, the most important thing here is that when like the, when Jeffrey takes back over the demon, lets Jeffrey back over, he's like, please don't hurt me. And Dean does like a, who me kind of, kind of look that's really fucking <laughs> hilarious to me that I, I'll, I'll absolutely adore. Um, and they have this conversation with Jeffrey and are like, hey, look, a demon is possessing you and he has information. So we actually would like to continue torturing you so that we can get that information from the demon and then hopefully exercise him. And then, you know, maybe you'll, you'll live through that process. Like, do we have permission mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to fuck up your face? Yeah, this suit? guy, he, he gives consent for them to, uh, mm-hmm. to fuck up his flesh suit. The only time uh, in, he that agrees I remember because the, the supernatural caring about consent up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they, he basically says like, yeah, I, I, I want to stop this, this demon from, from continuing the things, uh, that he's doing. And so they kind of, from there, the demon pops back forward. He was really surprised to learn that, that uh, Jeffrey would give his consent there or he acts as if he is. Uh, and then there's another brutal scene of, uh, 
the boys torturing somebody you say another uh, brutal scene chris but this is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is like when we saw in season five that 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 classic scene of sam just sam as possessed by lucifer just pounding into uh dean's face and just beating mm-hmm, the hell out of him mm-hmm. to the point where like they did all of the makeup where he looked all bruised and bloody it reminds me of of that level of viciousness where they are they are slicing yeah. him open. They are stabbing him. They are hitting him, and it goes on for a while. Like this, this scene takes a long time, and it's cut so that like you see Dean punch him, and then Sam punch him, and then Dean stab him, and then Sam punches him again. Like they're they're doing it. They're working this dude over pretty hard. They're not messing around. No, uh, that's it, for sure. Um, it's yeah. It uh, in a in a way where we're used to it, but they kind of like up to the violence here. This whole episode. Did did you say who this was directed by? Because this is. This episode really kind of keys into a lot of like really dark themes uh, with the dark imagery and obviously the dark subject matter. I mean, Supernatural is a dark show, mm-hmm. but it never feels that heavy most of the time. Like you're going through it and you're like, yeah, it's dark shit. Like they just summoned death and there's demons everywhere and people are dying. But it's still like, you know, it's on at nine o'clock. You know, it's OK. Teenagers can watch it. It's not a big deal. It's not going to give them nightmares. Um, but this this episode totally does feel a lot darker, even with the boys really hammering into this dude. So this was this was directed by Thomas J. Wright. This was this first episode of Supernatural that he ever directed. Uh, but this was notably written by Ben Edlin, and you know we've okay. Ben Edlin's been with us for a long time. He's kind of a stalwart of the show. Um, but it does feel darker in a way that a lot of Supernatural stuff doesn't. And we're going to talk about it throughout this episode because there's some. There's some lines in here, and there's some things that happen that are just there are some things for sure. crazy for me. Um, yeah. So the demon gives up the information, and he gives up where 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 Lilith is. He says they're all in New Orleans or whatever. I think that's they're looking yeah, for the yeah. lieutenant, so they can eventually is, get there. So yeah, he gives them the name of this lieutenant. I think his name is like Merrick. Like I wrote it down, but then like it just does it doesn't matter because yeah. this all happened four years ago, and you know, um, this was even before the demon blood, you know, and. Uh, we get our, our splash screen, which is a relatively late splash screen for Supernatural. Like the, the, the episode is kind yeah, of five yeah. or six minutes into it. Uh, and then after that, Jeffrey is laid in the back of the Impala and uh, Dean is rushing him to the hospital. And Dean parks kind of away from the hospital and basically like, gets him out and is like, okay, like I know you're in shock and you're bleeding, but you need to remember, do not tell anybody about any of this demon stuff to say that you were mugged and they'll help you and you'll, you'll be yeah. able to go along your merry way. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and we go it two, is four like, years it's, later. A, it's not exactly the most heroic side of the boys that we're getting a glimpse of but like it's, you gotta imagine this is kind of what happens you know if the person not. doesn't just die outright it's uh it's the only reason it feels heroic is because we've never seen them take anybody to the hospital before that wasn't like their direct relatives <laughs> right like usually usually people don't survive this process usually they just die and they have no. to like salt and burn the bones and uh i do yeah. like the line by the way when uh jeffrey kind of wakes up in the back of the impala and he's like your brother and he's like sam uh sam say behanda you know clean us up from the from the crime scene you know there's no reason to to go to jail on a demon demon body and i'm like well that's yeah, actually that's, 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 that's a human person it's definitely a human person that you're talking about that was dead in that room with <laughs> definitely y'all definitely a human yeah that's um it's pretty dark it's pretty fucked up um but that's just our boys um so that that mess is left four years behind and it's reiterated multiple times that the boys just do not remember this whatsoever that's just how fucked up their lives are there's none of this even really rings a bell um, yeah yeah which is really funny to me by the way like I, I really like it a lot uh we go back into the present day and uh frank calls dean from mm-hmm. a from like a like a server cannot be found caller id number which i found hilarious because that's not how yeah, telephone yeah. systems work but um no 
Frank is it, it basically there to say uh, a lot more celebrities have been taken over by by the Leviathans, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and also I have no information about Dick Roman. So basically, yet another different way to justify, hey, it's a Monster of the Week episode. We're not going to worry about Leviathans. Yeah. Like we're not doing anything yeah. right with those right now. <laughs> At least they brought it up, right? It was just like in season one where they'd go and they'd hunt a ghost and be like, "But where is Dad? <laughs> yeah, <I don't, laughs> he hasn't returned our calls yet. <laughs> I don't know, Sam, but we got to hunt this ghost." <laughs> <laughs> so let's can we just take a, like a quick quick uh five on the side here what was the deal with john winchester leaving all those coordinates for the boys was that i mean it just doesn't feel like it lines up with everything else that we know about him i mean him leaving sure his journal behind i mean he was giving them <laughs> chores to do like he was giving that's him, true he was I giving guess. them homework like this is like okay you have graduated from from you know mm. Smanford university because i because you know your girlfriend got killed and that's graduation time um throw your hat yeah. for that sam yeah uh but yep. <laughs> yeah that's that's it was him giving them jobs so that it was john winchester giving them jobs so that john could go hunt the demon and he didn't have to fuck around with that you know everyday hunter bullshit anymore it's literally just that john winchester sense. being okay. john winchester like to the fucking I, worst degree i can't believe i would ever even question that <laughs> um so yeah we got we got frank on the phone uh and this is finally when we see lucifer again mm-hmm. we know that he's been there all along every time sam squeezes his hand but we finally get mark pellegrino the actor back to um to personify lucifer uh his first line here is really good i wrote it down um oh he says he looks at the motel that they're staying in and he says it looks like it's a men's room with beds <laughs> which it very much does it very much does uh and this is going to be a, a through point to the episode where um it's it's sam seeing lucifer behind stuff and then trying to like ignore him or get rid of him by using the old hand squeeze method uh mm-hmm. so it's uh it's, it's this is really interesting i i really love it when they do this stuff it's it's one of those things that you have to have a real deft touch for because too much of this is really annoying i think because all it yeah. does is take away attention from a conversation that you should, that you know, hey, Sam should probably be paying attention to, to like have Mark Pellegrino act like a goddamn fool in the background. Right. Um, right. Which, is, which is fine. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I just, it's just, I, I, they, they're very careful with how much they use this. And I think it works for the show a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially since we haven't seen him in many, many episodes uh, since the beginning of season seven, really. Mm-hmm. Um but there's a there's a note about Kanye in here. Um, Dean says he doesn't care if the Leviathans have taken over the luxury boat industry. Call Kanye. Um, Call Kanye. I don't very, know how much he could help. Very apropos. If you hadn't brought that up, I was just going to put it in the intro. So it's kind of a weird, just like <laughs> it's a weird non sequitur. Like what did what did was Kanye doing in 2012 to to get supernatural attention? Right. Like that was that was too late yeah. for the Katrina yeah. comment. So I guess he just probably came out with Runaways or something. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam has a case um, though. The reason they're back in yep. um, Cor de Leon in Ohio is because um, the <clears throat> the mutilations that the demon was doing that we just saw them exercise and beat the shit out of uh, are are back. The same kind of mutilations are happening again. That's um, basically the exact same thing happened again. Uh, they they kind of theorize like I guess it could be the same demon, but we made that demon give up everything that he knew, and you know there's no way that anybody in hell is going to let him come back to Earth. So he something right, weird is, right. is is up with this. Um, so they they immediately go to the uh, instead of like talking to any of their contacts like they literally know two people on the ground technically three we'll get to that in a minute uh they just like sit around and listen to a police scanner and wait for a murder yeah to it's because sam and dean kind of almost have that like face blindness thing where they can't remember other people's faces once they look at them one time mm-hmm. um 
because they just like they remember like all the specifics of the case and the demon but the people involved they've got no fucking clue who they are yeah absolutely no no clue uh, so yeah, there's they're sitting there listening to a police scanner. I really like the use of a police scanner here, by the way. Like this is this yeah, is some, this is some hunter cool shit technique that we we don't really get into, and they're they're actually sleeping through this. Like probably what well, I would imagine is fitful sleeping because as soon as they hear like we got another one, it's got a one eight seven, and it's a little messy. Like they both wake up and are are not ready, and uh, they showed up to the crime scene and uh, immediately are. Um, hailed by a detective who recognizes them as the the drummer boys because they used like their rock agent personas i forget the names and i looked it up mm-hmm. on the wikipedia and i couldn't find it i don't really care about them right i think it was maybe a bottom was in there or something i don't know who cares um, yeah i was i didn't even know make yeah, yeah. note of that um but uh but yeah um this this detective obviously he recognizes them because you know Unlike Sam and Dean, he actually like remembers the people that he meets. <laughs> He's an actual um, goddamn detective and is trained to remember people's faces and the yeah, actions that they do. It's, <laughs> it's funny because we have Lucifer in the background who's he remembers that the guy's name is Detective Sutton. He says it right before the guy mm-hmm. says it himself. Which makes me just think, you know, because I think there there's sort of an argument to be had for Lucifer actually being Lucifer or Lucifer just being Sam's um subconscious. And I think that here just more and more this is his subconscious. Um it's a really, really bad part of it, but uh that's why it knows these these little bits of information that Sam has buried. I, I, I agree with you. Uh I think that sometimes the writers seem to forget that though, because the way that uh-huh. Lucifer acts it seems like it would be um as if as if he has knowledge that Sam doesn't sometimes. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like some of that some of the way that that's expressed I I have some issues with. Uh yeah. right here I have some issues because he sticks out his tongue to to Sam and his tongue is forked, and that is the most disgusting image I've seen in my goddamn life. <laughs> that I don't ever want to see Mark Pellegrino's forked tongue coming out of that weird that's just something Sam's thinking about. Mouth. Oh my god, it's so gross. It's just it's just really gross. Yep. Yep. Um, so what? is there some like surfer dude here? Why did um, I write down? I'll, I'll I wrote I'll down look- some, <laughs> I wrote down there's some good old fashioned surfer at the scene of the crime. Did no, he witness the crime? Is that what it was? I don't know. There's a lot happening in this episode. I didn't, I didn't even note that down. I'm not sure. Uh, I have just that they, went I don't to- know why I wrote it down. Yeah, they just, uh, that they just tea that, you know, as the entire time that they're like investigating this thing, um, Lucifer's in the background and then they go see their old friend the Wiccan who is now running wiccanweb.com and uh mm-hmm. since she's heard of the murder starting up she started painting the uh devil's traps on the floor to try to Yeah, she's preparing all of herself. her defenses. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh um, which is something I, w- I want to come back to at the end of the episode that cuz I don't understand why she does this here. But I guess it worked. anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh she's been researching kind of some stuff and has some some banishment spells that she's been translating and the boys are like, "Well, hmm. Sam especially is like this is this is a powerful spell. This is good work. Thank you, Spanford. I know my spells. For, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a wizard, and I know my good wizardry. So yeah, you were you were right there. Um, but they're they're you know kind of catching up on on some of the info, and she's like, "Well, you should go talk to Jeffrey." And they're like, "LOL, who?" <laughs> she's like, you know, <laughs> I do. The guy uh, from last time. I, I I do like that. But right before this, she says, uh, "You know, I, I tried calling your various numbers, but you know, your phone is not working." And Dean's like, "Yeah, my phone has been out. It's a it's a monster of a problem." And Sam just looks at him and he's like, "What? <laughs> what did I say?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot happening here. 
so they, so we go to see what Jeffrey's been up to and Jeffrey is at group therapy and um, mm-hmm. he has a, a very special announcement to make to the group, which is that he is uh, going to go and adopt a puppy and he has worked with his group yeah. leader, AKA his therapist. And uh, you know, having this puppy is a, is a responsibility. It's not a right and all of this various stuff. So like it's obviously been four years and, as you might expect, being possessed by a demon and then getting the shit kicked out of you by the Winchesters yeah. has had a long-term effect on this man. Yeah, and he is he's just not, now. Um, yeah, he's not fully recovered. He's just now getting his shit yeah, back together. He even he even walks with a limp. He walks with a limp. That's the most fucked up part about all this. Because Sam mm-hmm. and Dean did that to him. Yeah, Sam and Dean fucked this dude up for life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we once again he goes and he's walking his dog or whatever, and Sam and Dean they jump him in the street. Um, they throw holy water on him. They get the knife out. It's this whole thing, well, uh, and then they realize, should, okay, it's we, not we him. Should, we should build the mental picture though, because he goes to adopt his dog, and he's like walking his dog, and then they accost him like with yeah, the dog, yeah. which is hilarious to me for some reason. Yeah. Um, um, they have the good graciousness to apologize. They're like, "Sorry, we just had to be sure it wasn't the devil." He said, "Yeah, we had to be sure." And he goes, "Sure of what? That I pee my pants today." <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> um but yeah they um they realize okay he um he isn't possessed currently mm-hmm. um but they break the news to him that uh the the, the demon is back or, or something similar to it is back uh lucifer's kind of making fun of sam here because he's like pretending that he gives a shit about any of this when he couldn't mm-hmm. even remember the guy's name um but lucky for us uh, the demon engraved his list of victims into Jeffrey's head. Um, so he, you know, last time that the, the demon had possessed him, uh, supposedly this demon had a, had a list of people he was going after much like a, a serial killer. Uh, and he was checking them off one by one. So he apparently had, had listed this, this group of women, uh, over and over again to Jeffrey. So he has memorized who, uh, who was supposed to be next on the list. And he assumes that, um, that that's where they can pick up off from. Yeah. And uh, uh, what's interesting to me is that he says that the demons thought that killing these women were his, was his job. Like this wasn't just random. Cause that's what Sam and Dean are, th- are kind of thinking. Like why, why would he have mm-hmm. a list? Like demons usually don't, aren't this organized. Usually they just kill. And he's like, no, no, this was his job, which, and, and I didn't remember anything about this episode. Uh, I kind of saw the twist coming from a mile away. I think anybody will see this twist coming a mile away if they're mm-hmm. watching the episode. But uh, like at this point, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, what was there? Like, did did Lilith leave something undone? You know what I'm saying? Like, are we going to have to like, is somebody yeah. trying to resurrect Lilith or some shit? Like, I didn't know exactly what was going to be happening with it. Um, so I kind of I kind of like this idea. Uh, they split up. Sam decides to uh, go check out the next woman on the list, and Dean stays behind to yeah. uh, guard Jeffrey. And uh, this next scene is Sam in a library trying to uh, watch this woman that's a librarian, and uh, you know, kind of just like surveilling her to see if anybody's going to attack her to see if he can stop it. But the entire time, mm-hmm. uh, Lucifer is getting more and more demanding about uh, you know. Sam's attention. He wants Sam to speak to him. Wants Sam to talk to him. Like yeah. when at one point Sam sits down, so he has a clear view of the librarian, and Lucifer, you know, sits down in front of him and just moves his head, kind of in and out of a, a position, so that Sam can't see her, which is a real shitbag thing to do. And I, I can just yeah. imagine it's making Sam so incredibly angry. He's battling a hallucination that is actively working against him, not just passively something that is messing with his head, but something that is going out of its way to make things more difficult for him 
Um, and that checks out for Lucifer, but if it's just Sam's subconscious, that sucks that he's just literally battling himself here. Um, and I guess not to make light of it, but like he's battling his own trauma in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's manifest. It's it's like it's weird that it manifests in this way, where it seems in these situations to be so light and helpful, but then again, it's just Sam reaching back into to memories, pulling stuff out with this blockade in between of Lucifer. Like if you want to access memories from before the cage, you're gonna have to go through Lucifer to get to it. Um, so every as he's working the case, even it's like reaching back into his mind or things that are you know clicking into place uh, that he just hasn't realized yet. To get to any of that, he has to reach through Lucifer first. Uh, what I find really uh, kind of fascinating about this process is that Lucifer always refers to Sam um, and himself as we. So, like when they yeah. first walk into the library, uh, Sam walks around and he's and, and Lucifer to Sam says, "I know what you're thinking. We don't read enough anymore." Um, mm-hmm. And 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 he constantly does that as if to say that they're on the same side while also battling against him. Definitely, it's yeah. definitely his sub. Like this is this is something that isn't in his mind. This is not real Lucifer. Like we we know that. Um, and it's it's just so sad. Like I feel real bad for Sam in this. Like this is mm-hmm. this has got to be kind of rough, especially given how much. Well, Sam has said that he's like free of his guilt, but I think that that is ex- extremely not true. Uh, as much as he's been acting that way uh, in kind of the background of the last handful of episodes, uh, the fact that Lucifer is still taking such a, a prominent place in his mind and his psyche like shows that he's still got a lot of shit to deal with because it was always about for Sam the fact that he felt like a freak. He knew something was wrong with him. You get you know hashtag scrub it clean. He had the demon blood, all this stuff, and and Lucifer was kind of like the ultimate form of all that literally you're the vessel for for lucifer you're the human vessel for lucifer like you're the kind of the worst of the worst uh and even though sam says that he 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 did his time he made his sacrifice and he's come out on the other side and he feels okay all that luciferness all that demon blood in me dean has to still weigh on him in some way and it like by saying we rather than you when lucifer is speaking to him it's very much saying like no this is this is an active part of you whoever this is uh maybe that's something that's kind of understated about this episode i don't know about how they kind of show the boys doing all these awful things um or engaging in sort of you know darker behavior than we like to project them in Mm um while also saying like yeah um all this you know they beat the shit out of this guy and ruined his life and also you know lucifer is a part of this guy uh, it's never yeah. going away because that, that darkness is always going to be there in some way, shape or form, whether it's from hell or if it's just from the job, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or just, just, just like your you memories, said. just your, your literal life memories, right? <laughs> yeah. There's, there's been very little Sam. in Sam's life over the last like seven years that has not been tainted or touched by some form of darkness. And I know that's like, you know, mm-hmm. what do you want to do to go dark side or something? Like I, I know, I, I know what I'm stepping in when I say that, but it's, it's true. <laughs> like it's, you know, that dude has not had a positive relationship. When's the last time Sam had a positive relationship with anybody? Wait, Bobby? I don't. It's not positive. Bobby, kinda. Yeah, it's it's returned yeah. turned sour. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's been <laughs> yeah yeah. Like don't forget that like you know Sam at some point did try to murder Bobby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's true. Like, he tried to, he Sam tried did to try to murder Bobby. So it's not like it's been like just every good memory that he has, like his mom, every time he thinks of his mom, he has to, has to if he even remembers anything about her, he, he has to be tied to the demon blood. His dad is a lifetime right. of fucking misery. Like, you know, his, mm-hmm. his uncle that his dad stuffed in a car, stuffed off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> 
check out those comic book episodes, everybody. I'm telling you, there's some good shit in there. Uh, and to make it uh, yeah. even more dark, we, we go back to, to Jeffrey and Dean. And Jeffrey is explaining to Dean what happened to his life after uh, after he went into the hospital. The doctor definitely did not believe him that he got mugged because he had all of these. He had numerous injuries, so many stitches. He had you know so many broken bones. Like he was he was a messed up dude. And then uh, he kind of just started to have a break. He he started mm-hmm. going down a dark path. He started drinking a lot. He had a mental break, and then he started telling people about demons. And that's when kind of Dean interrupts and is like, "Land, let me guess." You spent 72 hours in observation and then they put you, uh, then they checked you into this and da da da. And he's like, yeah. And Dean's like, yeah, I've had some friends that that happened to some friends. And I'm like, wow, this is fucking dark. Like it's one thing to, it's, we just, we just are never exposed to the consequences of any of this. And I've talked about that a lot on this podcast of like wanting to see and experience, at least be made aware of the aftermath of these hunts and of the aftermath of the, the people that they leave behind this trail of destruction and blood. And, but seeing it kind of realized is, is man, it's shitty. Like I feel bad for Dean because these people that he meets along the way aren't exactly like his friends, but they're still people that he's helped save. So that knowing that even saving them, this is what happens to them. Like they can't count this dude as a win when he's all fucked up for four years. No, absolutely not. Uh, and Dean even says here, he's, this is why you don't like, you don't tell, you don't tell anybody yeah. how you feel. Cause then they lock you up. And I'm like, Dean, that's so unhealthy, but also I, I guess in your situation, um, you can't tell anybody really. So, uh, at this point, Jeffrey remembers, uh, remembers something like, Oh, Hey, I might know where the demon hangs out before he's stalking his next kill. Um, he used to have this special place that he would always go to and I, I can take you there. Um, so they, they depart to go do that. And we go back to Sam and now, uh, Lucifer and Sam's mind is, is kicking it up a notch. Now when Sam is kind of, uh, he kind of spots somebody that's scoping out the, the librarian besides him and Lucifer because he wants attention, starts making everybody in the place, slam their heads on the table until they become bloody. And this extremely gruesome and what has to be horribly yeah. distracting scene. That's it's it's pretty hardcore. Uh, it's it's full on like horror movie shit. Um, it's yeah, it's unsettling just seeing people smashing their heads on the table. And Sam is just trying to focus and look past it and tell himself it's not real. I don't know if we see him squeezing his hand, but you know he's squeezing that hand. Oh, he's 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 and, pounding on that hand. And then is finally, he do, just he is yeah. that what you do to your hand? Um, you pound on it. He. He, yeah of course uh then he he gets it to stop and then that's when he spots this this guy following marjorie the librarian that he's been watching um and so he gets up to follow them um mm-hmm. so yeah before we go back to dean jeffrey let's just finish out this thing with sam the librarian sure, sure, sure. sam goes into the back and instead of this woman instead of this dude like killing the librarian he's just making out with her and she's like you know screw me like i do my periodicals or something like i don't know what the line is it's a really <laughs> weird line read in here um so obviously this is not the person that that is, is trying to kill her so uh sam goes back to the uh his his weird hotel uh meanwhile dean and jeffrey have pulled up to you know wet pipe factory number 17 by now and yeah. uh have i called it the uh wet pipe storage facility because it wasn't quite the okay. factory sure, sure but it was yeah, definitely yeah. it's the warehouse yeah. it's the wet pipe warehouse we'll say that it's like, the where yeah yeah, yeah for sure um, for sure but the there's a trick here because uh the the demon would take jeffrey up to this point and then kind of blind him so that he couldn't see exactly where he was going as if to protect his secrets. Uh, but after a while he got kind of lazy with it. So he could, he could kind of peek around the blindfold, like from a, to make a metaphor out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
so they 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 kind of slowly but surely with with Jeffrey's help uh, find like a red door and Jeffrey's like, yep, yeah, it's definitely a red door. They walk in and there's this person chained to the floor. And at this point, I'm, I'm almost yelling at my television. Like the Dean is acting in such a not Dean way at this point. Like yeah. he just walks up to this, this dude chained up. And of course he gets stuck into stuck in the back of the neck with a, the hypo needle. Yeah. It's just like, why would you ever, why would you ever not think this is a trap? Right. Also, it looks like there's like maybe Anokian symbols or something like that carved on, or, or painted on the windows in blood. And it's just like, oh yeah, remember when like angels were like a force that like helped out or did anything? Oh yeah, um, you know, I, I kind of just viewed that as set dressing. But you're absolutely right. Like, I wonder, if, like, if he's writing. Well, he didn't know. That's weird. That's a weird detail for this. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's not. Um, Maybe it's just demonic. Enochian symbols. Yeah. yeah, but it looks Enochian, uh, and it's a curious thing. But yeah, Dean Dean goes up to this this tied up guy, and sure enough, uh, uh, Jeffrey sticks him in the neck with a needle. And Dean dies. R.I.P. Dean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we'll see you back next week with Vampire of the Week. Our see you in hell, Dean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we go back to Sam, um, who was kind of desperately trying to call uh, Dean and not getting any answer. And um, uh, Lucifer is doing this interesting thing. He did this before with the detective, as you called out, Chris, where he kind of answered. Uh, he gave Sam an answer before Sam could get it himself with the name of the detective. So now Sam is like kind of pouring through these case files, trying to find something. And, and Lucifer is taunting him. Like, I can't believe you didn't see this. I can't believe you missed it. And, uh, he eventually just kind of specifies like, Hey, look, go look at the coroner reports. All of these recent women that, that got killed have traces, trace amounts of tranquilizer in them. So, you know, unless all of a sudden your, your demon is, hasn't been lifting weights, like something is different (laughs) here. You know what I'm saying? The demon didn't get weak overnight. Um, and and eventually, because why would a demon need to tranquilize their victim? Exactly. They have magic powers. (laughs) They could just, you know, touch them to make them go to sleep. Like cast Castiel does all the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But eventually, Sam gets so fed up that he actually finally responds to Lucifer and says, "Shut up!" and uh, decides to go investigate Jeffrey's home. This is a time we need to talk about something. We got to get a little serious here, Chris. Um, okay, I, I know you picked this up because I know we talked about it. But uh, when Sam goes into Jeffrey's apartment, uh, Lucifer is taunting him more and more, and uh, he uses this line: uh, "Did you miss it? The rapier wit or the wittier rape?" And uh, yeah, yeah, and like. You don't hear them use the word rape very often, mm-hmm. uh, and it, so it it was it stuck out to me when I heard it, um, and it's obviously meant to be some sort of like uh, you know witty expression, right? Like this is this is a yeah like a like a play on words, so to speak. Um, but the implication there, especially when you combine it with with other stuff. Is that I mean? There's, there's, and I when I when you Google this phrase, by the way, because I Googled it to see if this was a standard phrase that I just never heard, like if this was a some mm-hmm. weird reference that like Lucifer was reading Dante from the 1700s or something. You know what I'm saying? Like you never know with right. these fucking demons right. in their in their pop pop culture. Uh, but it, all of the results are supernatural, and um, people who take it seriously take it to to mean that Sam was raped by Lucifer while he was in in hell. Because there's there's some other language around. We were butt bedmates. Our bunkmates, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Lucifer taunts him about spooning from time to time. Just some real like uh, male-on-male sexual violence kind of implied with this. And it's it's one of these things that Supernatural does that um, they, they tend to go for some shocking things sometimes without fully mm-hmm. considering it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it's like being in a cage with Lucifer in, in hell. Right. 
probably right. probably not great. Uh, and there's probably some things that are done that that are horrifying. And you know, male on male sexual violence, I think, is is extremely horrifying. And I, I don't think it's fun to joke about. You know, oh hey, you're gonna go. You know, you're gonna go prison raped or you know, or you know, even going right. back to like that Office Space movie, that Federal Pound Me in the Ass Prison. Like that that joke worked at the time because I was fucking 18 years old. And yeah, I think about it now, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's kind of bad. Uh, it's. I mean, it's the same thing we we've said before in the episode where Becky kind of tricks Sam without his consent into marrying her and all this other stuff. It's because it's male sexual violence, male on male sexual violence basically is treated as a joke. Anything happening to these big hunks just is not taken seriously because it's like, Oh, but it's like, it's a, it's a dude. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, because this was 2012, which doesn't feel like that long ago, but it feels like awareness of this kind of thing and the way that we should treat people and the way we should treat subjects like this has come a long way since then. Um, and not to just say, oh, Supernatural is a product of its time, it's whatever, but um, it's, it is, it's an extremely just sort of like throwaway line that they have here with, with really serious consequences uh, when, if you stop to think about it, um, because or is it really serious implications, I guess. Implications, uh, absolutely, because, you know, we, we, we joke around a lot about Destiel, about this relationship that Castiel and, mm-hmm. and Dean have. And, you know, if you take the show at its at, up front with it, you know, you can read in between the lines and, and you can read some things. But there's also been and we've we've called it out as we come to it, you know, some very specific things. It's like, oh, wow. Like, did they mean to do this? Because this seems like seems like they're meaning to do this and like mm-hmm. seems like they're leaning into it. So if we take that as true, then taking stuff like this, we have to consider it in the con- in the context of the rest of the show as well. And like whether or not that actually happened, because Hey, if that actually happened and this is a mental version of Lucifer that Sam has created to torture himself with, then yeah, he's going to torture himself with those actions. And because that's, that's what victims do. Like they, they feel guilty. They feel mm-hmm. guilty. They blame themselves for everything that happened. And you know, they shouldn't do that. You know, that you have to work yourself out of that, but it, it does happen. I don't, right. I don't know that this is ever mentioned again. <laughs> like, I don't know that the show ever deals with any of the implications of this. Uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. When I was watching supernatural, especially this time period, I, I wasn't really thinking about this. I wasn't thinking about supernatural in a, and as, in as much detail as I do now, I think it's worth bringing up mm-hmm. now because it it's it's something that the show definitely lacks, which is a a subtle touch to any of this. Um, and it's right. it it this almost feels like it's and I'm not dismissing this, but this almost feels like the the writer. It feels like Ben Edlin like wrote a phrase and was like, "Hot damn, I, I, this mm-hmm. is this is a good line," and didn't think about any of the of of the consequences thereof, or like you said, the implications. And I, like I said, I don't want to dismiss it. But at the same time, I, 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 I don't, I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a such two minds with this, Chris. Like, I, I don't know. Right. They aren't, they aren't leaving us a lot of room to take it seriously, but they've also made reference to it several times. So it's like, what do you do? What are you doing with this? You know? Yeah. Like you said, like it's in other episodes, they've made mentions about spooning or being bunk buddies or being locked mm-hmm. in, you know, just, they have, they have clearly made reference to this before they just fully used the word here. And I think using a word like rape is in in 2018 it's in it's i mean probably always but in 2018 that's a it's i'll take it a lot more seriously than maybe it was in, in 2012 so it's hearing it out really it really stands out and it it makes it seem more real as part of something that has happened to this character even though i don't think it's meant to really yeah exactly right and it it is 
it's the frustrating thing about um, treating this show seriously sometimes is that the show doesn't treat it as seriously mm-hmm. as sometimes I like to take it. And and you, right. you, you and I have a lot of fun with this show. Um, I was reading, I don't remember what, what tweet I saw this on, but uh, I was, somebody retweeted something about uh, them meeting uh, Jared Padalecki for the first time and how important it was for uh Sam for for Jared to say that you know hey I, I consider Sam straight but I actually absolutely acknowledge and accept every single lesbian gay and like they went out of went out of his way to like spell out all the letters and everything absolutely mm-hmm. acknowledge that every one of you exist and that it's important for those people to exist and to be able to be free and to not be oppressed and how much that meant to that person that was writing that tweet personally because that was one of the, her heroes or his heroes I actually mm-hmm. don't know the the gender of the person that wrote it it was one of their heroes that acknowledging and validating their existence and there's a part of me that wants to say like okay you probably shouldn't put your hang-ups you shouldn't you shouldn't await validation from celebrity because i think that's probably a Mm -hmm. bad habit to get into because Mm -hmm. as we've seen with kanye as we've seen with fucking mark pellegrino like if you if you put these dudes on a on a a pedestal they will probably let you down eventually that's what people do yeah Um, especially celebrities that are, are responsible for you know, you see a tiny, tiny little sliver of their lives and don't know who absolutely have any idea who they are most of the time. Uh, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's, it's very validating. I just, I just wish the show would engage with that a little bit more. And, and it might, cause I, again, I haven't, I haven't seen past season 11. So this is something that season 12 and season 13 could do very well. I, I really don't know, mm-hmm. but man, like random stuff like this, the way that it treats all of the female characters on the show, um, the kind of casual misogyny Dean has with every, every woman that he meets it makes it kind of a bummer sometimes to to, de- to, mm-hmm. to deal with the show as much as I love it. Like as much as I, as, as I right. love the rest of it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thorny rose. Right. Right. And in, as, as doing a podcast about it, we, we have to, a lot of times see beyond all of that stuff. And I think a lot of times it's there. We don't, we don't always call it out. I think we try, we try to mention that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I would like to think that when we get there, we will find the season 13, season 14 or season 12 whatever that that we notice changes positive changes that have responded to the growing audience the growing voice of the audience it's not the way that it used to be um even again like how much the internet has changed how much fandom has changed and community has changed since season seven of supernatural mm-hmm. um so i'd like to think that the show is hopefully growing along with it um in in a way it's almost i don't want to call it refreshing but just to see how far culture has come even masculinity in a way the way we're like we're saying like they're laughing at this kind of thing um or using it as a joke uh because oh it's you know whatever haha good old boys we're just gonna we're gonna joke about prison rape because it's just a thing that haha whatever we don't see that so much anymore it's because the the definition of of that kind of masculinity has changed and hopefully for the better and um yeah hopefully supernatural has grown we've I've been hanging up on this for a while. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I guess to finish this out, I just I just want to say that um, if if you're listening to us and uh, and we skim over something that that bothers you, or we skim over something that seems problematic that you would you would like us to talk about, um, email us the monster of the week podcast at gmail dot com mm-hmm. or DM us at motwcast. Uh, if it's something that we feel like we should discuss on air, I'll add it to the sh- to the show notes for season seven feedback or season eight feedback, whatever season we're in. And we'll talk about it on air and turn our feedback episode. Uh, if it's something that I don't think is like probably ready for air, uh, but we'll definitely communicate with you privately and have that conversation. Like if it makes the show better, mm-hmm. if it makes us better, I've definitely seen cases. Um, I mentioned before that people kind of live tweet 
the episodes as they watch them for the weekly episode. And I've definitely seen people yeah. in our discord point out problematic things that I had, I didn't even consider. Um, and just, just went over my head because, Hey, I'm, I'm a, I'm a straight white dude that ha- right. was blessed with a bunch of privilege because I live in the South and you know, right. I, I did some things I just don't see as much as I, as much as I try to make my, my eyes open. So, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I think you feel the same way, Chris. I don't think I'm putting words in your mouth there. Like Absolutely. It's, it's just, no, no. Yeah. If, if we have, if you want to talk to us about these things, definitely get to us, but, um, we, we can move on. I think it was worth talking about and getting into in yeah. depth because it's yeah. a, it's a fucked up line, but, uh, <laughs> Right, it uh, it does mean something to us to to try and get these right, these mm-hmm. things right, and to it try does. and listen to people. That's why I'm, I mean I'm always freaking out that I that I screw something up because I don't want to uh, discredit anybody or anybody's feelings or, or whatever. Anyway, yeah, let's um let's let's keep going. <laughs> so after after that whole fucked up can of worms, and I, I actually paused the episode and like went to, to Google and like was looking at that stuff and I was like, oh shit, this is all weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> After that, Sam is uh, kind of tearing apart Jeffrey's room. He finds a, t- a phone scrambler, which uh, Lucifer helpfully points out of like maybe that's why Dean's having phone trouble. Uh, really liking yeah. the use of police sc- police scanning devices and phone scramblers. Yeah, like, yeah. there's some interesting stuff that they don't we don't it's really like, engage with. Who? I wonder what this writer had worked on, or this director had worked on, or if that had any influence. Yeah, um, right. In in the way that these things were going to be like communicated, uh, it's it's these these aspects of the episode are, are really good. And uh, Sam discovers a uh, a summoning ritual, a demon summoning ritual, and anybody with two fucking eyes can tell. Like this is the same paper, and it looks like the exact same paper, but it's definitely the same paper <laughs> that they saw when they saw the uh, the demon or the demon protection thing from the from Nora at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah. it looks exactly the same. Sam, I guess this must be a face because Sam is totally blind to this. He has no idea what he's looking at. He just looks at it and he's like, I don't know what this is. And and Lucifer is like kind of taunting him the entire time and being like, "Oh, you gotta." They, at this point, they just start talking to each other, just like trying to figure. Like even Sam is responding to Lucifer. Yeah, this is where this is where Sam finally caves and it says, "Finally, just just tell me what it is," and starts having that conversation, which is his moment of weakness, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. And uh, but yeah, they he realizes he he recognizes the the handwriting. He realizes it's Nora. Um. And he he goes over to Nora's place, um, and she like cracks him over the head, which is like a pointless thing to have in this because he's just fine. He doesn't get knocked out. He's just like, "Ow, what the fuck?" Um, well, did, did did we get did we did we mention that Lucifer told him this was Laura's handwriting? Nor- Nora's handwriting, right? Like this, he, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. the most obvious thing, and Sam should just have seen it. This uh, this head crack thing, I think, is really funny because it normally when you see this, like the the person just goes down and is passed out immediately, and Sam just gets back up and like holds a knife to her. She's he's like, "What the fuck are you yeah. doing? <laughs> I am mm-hmm. eight foot tall. <laughs> what do you think your your little ass is going to be able to do for me?" um but she tells him like hey this is like it's too late everything that's in motion you cannot stop it this is happening and and sorry bucko Mm -hmm. um but also she's she's not really she's not in on it we can tell tell she's afraid um and (laughs) is this where sam um oh yeah so so lucifer starts telling sam that he needs to shake her up a little bit yeah like rough her up like they did to jeffrey in the flashback at one point he he literally just, just says hit her he says, hit her, Sam. And I'm like, whoa, Jesus Christ, calm down. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sam says that he grabs her and he doesn't hit her or anything like that. But he he implies that he's going to in that, like, yeah, you think that Jeffrey is going to hurt you, but he's a lot further away than I am right now in front of you. 
Uh, and it's, it's a very dark shade of Sam and it's not mm-hmm. like we've never seen that side of him before, but like the violence towards women thing is always really weird. I wanted to chalk it up to the direct influence of Lucifer right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when, you know, before it's Sam resisting Lucifer and then it's him biting back against Lucifer by saying, shut up. And then it's him basically bargaining with Lucifer and saying, okay, what, what am I missing here? You tell me. And now it's him listening, taking direct orders from Lucifer. It's like this, this complete like loop, um, or, or 180 of, of control in this situation where he's now taking orders from Lucifer. And it's, um, this is something, you know, this, this threat of violence is something that I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. perfectly okay with. For the most part, um, you know, D- Sam's brother is missing. He's obviously been kidnapped by a demon. This person is obviously in, in a state of shock and, you know, disarray. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, typically in a TV show like this, you would see somebody slap somebody to, like, get their focus and their attention. And I'm yeah. very glad they didn't lean that direction. I'm very glad that Sam kind of just made a, if, if that threat of violence, because that's something that I, I'm okay with in this situation, because it's not something he's actually doing to her right right? like it's just a threat and it does serve to focus her and she she starts laying out this story which is that um jeffrey has her son and has been blackmailing her for something and uh this is when we go back to the the wet pipe warehouse dean wakes up um and jeffrey starts making his his speech and uh jeffrey's perspective on this is really interesting uh i think one of the first things that he says is you know nobody asks you to be in this nobody asks you to save anybody and uh, it, what we find out about Jeffrey is that he had always had the urge to kill women, but he was always too scared to do it up until yeah. the demon took over and the demon set him free. And uh, interestingly enough, they, they, he has fallen in love with the demon and he's, yeah. he, he is summoning the demon so that he can be repossessed, which doesn't it's sound like a, correct here, which I guess is why they call yeah. it Repo Man. Oh, hey, get that Repo Man, Chris. I just, yeah, I just yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm slowing the uptake um, today. Jesus fucking Christ! It's very much. <laughs> it's he's very much like a son of Sam type who, like, son of Sam pretended that he was possessed by a demon when he when he did his killings. He he wasn't obviously, um, but it's so yeah. This this dude who who is a made up love affair with this with this demon who possessed him. Um, before that, he had just been stalking women yes. and like you said he was too afraid to take any action on it um but he had made this list and we find out that the the demon was not the one who came up with this list demons don't do that kind of thing yeah this was People all do. jeffrey yeah um the demon sort of unlocked the, the the dark side of him or unlocked the um the i don't know or broke away anything that was holding him back mm-hmm. uh, and then he just went and he he, he was he was a serial killer um so we go back to to Nora and Sam, and Nora is, is basically saying like, yeah, I kept tabs on Jeffrey after everything happened, and I tried to help him even when he was kind of spiraling out of control. Um, and he, he came to me over the last year uh, um, and basically said, I want to summon this demon, and she refused. Uh, so he kidnapped her son. So she, she went to the books and translated the spell for him, but the spell didn't work. So the first spell didn't work. And Sam says, well, yeah, we, that dude is so far underground that, you know, a casual, some, you know, pissant Harry Potter spell isn't going to get him out. You yeah. need something better than that, which of course she's already found. Um, but the result of the, the, the spell not working, the summoning spell not working for the first time is he sent back her son's ear, which she shows Sam because she's been keeping it in her desk. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. put that thing on ice? You got to put that thing on ice. Let me ask you a question, Chris. <laughs> got to mm-hmm. get, let me get mm-hmm. some insight to Chris Mosier right, real quick. Sure, sure, sure. If sure, this sure. is you in this situation and somebody, 
has sent you a a body part of, of your family member. Let's say it was an mm-hmm. ear, a finger, a pinky toe, like something unimportant mm-hmm. but not trivial uh, to remove from a body. Do you think you would just leave that in a box in your desk? You putting that bad I'd boy for in ice sure, chest? You going to a hospital with for it? For sure. What, what are you doing? Putting it. Put putting it in the fridge first of all, or in the, the freezer okay. even. Freezer. Get, right. Put that thing on ice asap. Second mm-hmm. of all, I don't know. Call the cops. But what, what are they gonna do about a demon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, can't take it to the hospital. Hospital probably ask a bunch of questions and then not give you the ear yeah. back, right? Like then, then then you've just right. lost the ear. But uh, man, keeping it right. in a box in your desk also seems kind of weird. Uh, it's wildly irresponsible. Wildly irresponsible. But. Uh, Nora says, hey, uh, I, I found a, a, a bigger spell, uh, but it's one that's only going to work with the uh, blood of the original exorcist. So now we, we've, and she basically it was her job to point Sam and Dean to Jeffrey when they came into mm-hmm. town after he started killing people. So this whole thing has been a setup. And uh, her whole role in this was to get, you know, to be able to basically send Sam and Dean into this trap of Jeffrey's. I kind of like this. This is some super villainy yeah. on a level we have not experienced before. Most of our supernatural villains are kind of dumb. This this is a mm-hmm. really good plan. This this is where the episode really uh, pulled itself together in my book. Not that I, I obviously we had some complaints, uh, but not that I ever disliked it. But this is really where I was like, oh, okay. This is, uh, like you said, the the villains don't act like this in Supernatural. The villains don't lay out plans and and perfectly kind of work things together like this, uh, and and it's cool. It works. It uh, it makes sense. Even this woman, who, you know, if it was just any random woman, it wouldn't have worked because she would have just called the police or whatever. But in this situation, she's a woman who has firsthand experience with magic and with hunters, hunters, and, and with demons. So when her son gets kidnapped, she knows that she has really no choice but to comply with the situation and she even says that she tried reaching out to sam and dean so yeah whether or not that was to lure them or to request their help we don't know but yeah it's it's a difficult process difficult thing to think about um it's i i just i really enjoy this plan as a whole like this 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 really works for me like this is a serial killer ass thing to do and it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of a a level of villainy that we just we just haven't seen like this is slaughtering people just to just attempt to sam and dean which we've seen before but also kidnapping chopping off body Mm -hmm. parts like it's this is this is fucking nasty and dirty um Sam says, hey, well, if you can do that, uh, I need a tracking spell. Like, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's Indian or Hindu or like he goes through a bunch of like what have wildly defensive stereotypes. Uh, but all because it's the flesh of the flesh, right? Like if you can use the use the flesh to find the flesh. And she kind of balks at this and is like, oh, hey, I don't want to do that. And he's like, well, do you want the son? Do you want the do you want the ear or do you want the kid? Which is something that I can yeah. really get behind. Yeah. Really Lucifer like says, oh, you're giving me chills. <laughs> do you want the ear or do you want the kid it's a it's a hard line um and then it's back to dean and jeffrey and jeffrey has a line about how dean was so desperate to fix the world back then because it's all monsters always have time to pontificate about the emotional state of our boys um they've always got the 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 keen insight into humanity that the boys are missing in their day-to-day lives that allows the demons to make some very uh striking observations about them and this time around it's to remind us that dean used to really like being a hunter (laughs) yeah i and you know the the idea of again jeffrey's whole point of like you didn't know i didn't ask you to do this like i was having the time of my life doing this and i I just i I don't know i really dig that um yeah um he he was having the time of his life doing that and now without him he's 
broken. He's he's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, the Winchester's actively made his life worse. I mean, granted, he was a fucking serial killer, but he also reveals that he got some uh, some some help. Like he was actually in a bad place, much like Dean is right now. He makes that makes oh, that yeah. comparison, and it says like you know the the shelter actually helped him. Like the guy Alan at the at the shelter, like hey, you got to have boundaries. You got to have you know patterns. You got to have things that help you improve your life, like to improve your mental health. And mm-hmm, Dean's mm-hmm. kind of like, are you serious? And he's like, actually, yeah, the, the, Alan's a really great therapist, <laughs> which is a, a fine, like just one like comedic line out of this entire episode. That's, you know, so far <laughs> been fucking dark as hell. And also yeah. the entire time that he's doing this, he's doing some straight up wizard shit. He keeps like taking this knife and filling up a jar full of blood and then dipping the knife into the blood and like swiping the, 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 the knife, the blood off the knife with something. It's all very weird and, and wizardry. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, he gets the last of, uh, the sacrifice or whatever that he needs from the dog that he got earlier. I'm not talking about it any more than that. We're not bringing it up again. Uh, and then he summons the demon. Um, <laughs> he kills the dog, Chris. He straight up. Shut up. No, we're not screen. talking about it. It happens off screen, but it definitely happens. He summons the demon. He does his spell. Uh, but the demon, when it, when it is summoned, it does not go into Jeffrey's body. It goes into the body of Nora's son, who's just, like, tied up in the chair still. Um, and that's not what Jeffrey was expecting, but, no. uh, the kid, the kid, demon-possessed kid breaks out of his, his chair, and he stands up, and he weirdly starts slow dancing with Jeffrey, and this is where the, this episode just keeps getting weirder and weirder, just to see these two bloody people slow dancing back and forth, as like, it's... It's strange. It's cool, and it's very strange. And uh, I don't remember if we've named... I don't know if we've named the demon yet. I don't think that they they bother with the name, or maybe I just missed it, or the name of the kid. But the kid is like an attractive in college kid, um, and Jeffrey is a is a relatively attractive, like probably you know early 30s late 20s guy and like the combination mm-hmm. of this kid coming up to jeffrey and hugging him very closely and kind of leaning in almost as if they were about to start kissing and and then you know grabbing him in this dance and kind of dancing him around and thanking him so much and like, oh my god you, you know this is something mm-hmm. above and beyond and i'm so proud of you and all of this stuff uh kind of plays into that 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 male and male violence that we talked about a little bit ago and uh because i was i was kind of concerned here chris like i was like we're where are they? Do, where are they about to go with this? Like, surely not. They're not mm-hmm, going to have mm-hmm. like some some weird shit happening. Like, I could t- I could see that the dude would just kill him. Like, I just hope we don't go into like a protracted weird thing with that with it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen, thankfully. So uh, instead, the uh, the demon makes a like a, a whole speech about how uh, you know he's proud of Jeffrey for for fleeing. He notices that Dean is, um, or excuse me, proud of Jeffrey to, for losing his boundaries and for going on his own, being being you know yeah. a, a productive serial killer. Uh, he notices Dean uh, trying to break free his bond and calls him a uh, Penelope pit stop. Did, did, you, <laughs> did you pick up on this? <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Google, uh, did I not send you the image last night? I thought I sent you the image. Um, it, it absolutely doesn't matter, but I, I totally didn't. I forgot to, but Google Penelope pit stop and just do like a quick Google image search. Uh, it's literally a Hannibal Barrera character who, according to Google Image Search, uh, just a real quick look, is basically her whole thing was being tied up. What? Like the the what like the literally fuck? the damsel in distress oh, and a and a, see, and a Hannibal Barrera cartoon. And I just I wanted to mention it because I know you you hate these these pop culture references because yo where is this demon getting this from yeah what i don't even know what that means damn i don't know either um, it's almost like they get references from like a you know eight or ten writers in a room yeah <laughs> that immerse themselves <laughs> with pop culture all the time 
Uh, so here, this is where, where everything starts to fall apart for Jeffrey because the demon is like, Hey, yeah, I'm really proud of you. Like you don't, I'm not going to possess you again because you don't need me anymore. You're, you're free. I'm pre- like, you are my, my star pupil. Cause that was his thing. He didn't give a shit about actually like being a serial killer, but he, as a demon, that was, that's what he got off on was turning regular people into monsters. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's not, he's not too happy that Jeffrey just is like, begging him to come back inside of him. Luckily, Sam shows up and uh, knocks Jeffrey to the side and confronts the demon directly. Uh, and the demon stalks up to, to, to Sam and gets caught in a devil's trap that I have no idea. Where the fuck did the devil's trap come from? Chris, this doesn't, uh, you know what I I'm guess saying? Sam was like, like lurking around back there and he just painted one on the floor or on the ceiling real quick. It's no big deal. Did he, did he bring his eight foot extension ladder to get up to the, cause it's definitely on the ceiling I, and I just don't get it. Like I don't, cause the demon's pissed. The demon's like, not again. Like he's like that you, if I would have gotten away with it, <laughs> no. not for you crazy kids. Gosh, darn it. Uh, I just like, where did this demon trap come from? Like Nora, no d- idea. Presumably didn't know where her kid was being kidnapped at stored at, or she would have gone to get him. They did the track. Well, they did the tracking spell, but I don't know how they set up a remote, uh, devil's trap. You know what I'm saying? Say at this point, Sam is just so good at doing it that he doesn't even, it takes him a minute and that's it. It'd be, it'd be weird if you had like a mission impossible device that you could just like throw up in, in the air. And then like, it was a paintball that exploded and it just exploded in the perfect shape of a devil's trap. Like that'd be that pretty be perfect. That'd be really be cool perfect. to have, hang around. Get on yeah. that mission impossible. Uh, I don't know I, yeah. I, this. Like I like a lot of the stuff about this episode, um, but this stuck out as me as being kind of a weird thing because it's not like they baited him somewhere else. Like he was just in the same yeah. room as, as, they as just, Dean, Dean's right around the corner. Like Dean, Dean Bruce breaks out right now. That's, that's all that happens. All right. They only had a couple minutes left. They needed to just make this work. There was no time to spend on Sam setting up the, uh, the devil's guess, trap. Uh, and that's yeah. like probably all it is. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so Nora, who has come with Sam, starts the um, the the demon exorcism because she, she's a baller now. Uh, Jeffrey mm-hmm. sees what's about to happen and starts running towards uh, the demon. And Dean just straight up shoots that dude in the, in the, in the heart and he's dead. Yep. Yep, nothing like just uh, shooting a human man with a regular gun. Yep. Uh, the demon is exercised, and uh, that's pretty much it. Nora comforts uh, her son, who is probably going to have a bad time. Presumably, they clean up all those bodies and all of the weird wizardry stuff and you know, take all of those books away from Nora because she's obviously cannot be trusted with them anymore. Um, in the back of the hotel, Sam asks for more information from, from Dean. It's like, so Jeffrey was just... He was just a like a serial killer. He was just acting this entire time. And Dean says, uh, you know, that's what that's what psychopaths do, Sam. Like that's they just act constantly. They act like normal people constantly. Uh, like you, Dean? Yeah. Like very much like both of these boys at this point. <laughs> They're literally both psychopaths at this point. Yep. Yep. And then uh um, this is your boy, so I kinda yes, I kinda Sam- want, want you to talk about this one. Okay, so Dean is just, he just goes to sleep. He's like, yep, I'm exhausted. Collapses. Um, and we're left with, with Sam sitting on the edge of the bed, and we realize that he, he can't go to sleep because uh, Lucifer is there. Lucifer is, is keeping him awake, is taunting him, and it's just like, hey, what's up? I'm Lucifer. I'm here. Pay attention to me, Sam. Doing that same thing that he's been doing all episode. But now when Sam goes to squeeze his hand, his little trick to, to cope with this, it doesn't work anymore. And Lucifer informed Sam that's because, you know, I didn't intrude upon you like I was before. 
This time, you let me in. You actively engaged with me. You actively listened to my suggestions. Now that little hand trick of yours is not going to go away because you allowed me to be here, and now it's going to be party time 24-7. And the episode ends with Lucifer like setting the room on fire in within Sam's mind and setting Sam on fire. Uh, and it just fades to black with his laughter. Well, it fades to black with his laughter after he yells good morning Vietnam at him, which I found a yeah, really weird yeah. and, and incredibly strange reference for this to happen. Yeah. Uh, yep. But, I, but I get it because he's, he's saying like, Hey, you're not going to go to sleep, right? Like you're, I'm not going to, you know, mm-hmm, Dean just crashed mm-hmm. out, but you're going to be awake with me for a long time. This is all very terrifying. <laughs> this is all extremely terrifying. I, uh, yep, yep. I, do you think, and I, I don't, I don't want to be a pedantic, a pedantic person right now, but, uh, do you think that this has to do, obviously they want to set it up so that it's, you know, Sam talking to him and kind of, you know, acknowledging this and it becomes more of a problem. Do you think his hand is mm-hmm. just healing? Do you think he should just cut his hand again? <laughs> I think that might be what it is. He needs a fresh wound. Just, hey Dean, can you, uh, you know, slice me up a little bit? <laughs> you seem to yeah. like that kind of stuff. <laughs> haven't had to do any blood spells recently, so I don't have any fresh wounds. Um, yeah, uh, I, it, I mean, hey, who knows? Um, but realistically, I what I was left with here is just, I hope that Sam tells Dean. I hope in the next episode that he mentions that Lucifer is back, but I bet he's not going to. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I, this is very terrifying. I think this sets up um, like for these next episodes to be really really intense because Mm -hmm. uh the the boys have an intense job they are they're working their asses off and they are uh you know the stuff that they do is dangerous and it requires an Mm -hmm. amount of focus that you know even when dean is off when even when dean is not really caring about the hunt or like the the stuff up to the hunt once he gets into the combat zone he's into that combat zone this is the kind of thing that could really put sam out off of his groove which could have some major complications and major and major consequences like if he's in the middle of a firefight yeah. and lucifer is fucking with him he, he's not going to be the best that he can be you know what I'm saying? i don't know why i'm making a lot of army references right now <laughs> sorry about that i don't know what's, what's going on with that <laughs> uh but like i just really like the, the 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 stuff that this sets up in my mind of you know sam having mm-hmm. to figure out how to deal with this uh in increasingly precarious situations yeah yeah um i don't remember how this plays out really so I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how how they're going to deal with this for the rest of the season because they they were able and they had a good plot reason, um, but they were able to put it on the back burner. You know, it's just a thing, and the only kind of reference to it we had was Sam squeezing his hand from time to time. The last time we saw it, I think, was when Bobby died. But other than that, it's been pretty low key, uh, and to just bring it back in such a big way, um, and to to really ramp it up. And I and I wonder again why. Lucifer was such a big presence in Sam's mind in this situation and maybe it's because they were dealing with something from the past that it caused him to you know dip into his subconscious a little bit more and that brought Lucifer out more and then as soon as he engaged with it it was like you know forget about it I like that idea a lot especially um because you know you you mentioned that uh Sam wasn't Sam has tried to feel guilty or tried to tried to say that he didn't Mm -hmm. feel any guilt anymore I should say uh, but he definitely is carrying around some stuff and maybe, you know, torturing a kid and to exercise a demon and then dropping him off a mile and a half from a hospital was something he was really fucked up about. And so that played into this, this stuff with Lucifer even further than it usually does. I like that idea a lot, Chris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so we'll see if this comes up in any way again. <laughs> I'm sure it will, but uh, like I, I think I have some memory of what episodes are coming next, but overall, it's kind of a blank slate. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Me too. Uh, there's one thing I want to bring up that I didn't throw out the episode because uh, I didn't actually make a note of the times that it happened, and it felt like it happened a lot. And I didn't really feel like writing it down every single time, uh, but there's a there's an undercurrent of um, calling women fat in this episode that I've really, really don't like. Uh, apparently like, I think that was like the serial killers type or something. That's why they try to set it up as is like, they were bigger women. Lucifer calls them cows in several cases, cases or calls like the, our hefty librarian and stuff like that. And like, y'all please do better. Just, just do better. Like I know it's season seven. Yeah. You have six yeah. seasons after this. So I can't, I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but like, don't, don't talk about women that way. Y'all. Right. Generally uh, not a, not a cool move just outing myself as a big old lib this episode, Chris, as if people didn't already know with, you know, episode you know, 50 something episodes into this. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, um, I'm excited for the next episode. Me too. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you to everybody at patreoncom slash monster of the week for donating your, your hard earned dollars to supporting this podcast. If you haven't, please go uh, write a review or give us a rating at uh, our iTunes link at monsteroftheweek.cool. It does amazing things to help us get visible in the iTunes store, which is extremely important. Yes. Yes. And uh, I guess that's it. Uh, We will talk to you next week with more monster of the week. Bye guys. Bye. pretty much can't hear you anymore Um, yeah is it that bad it it was like i was getting words oh wow i heard so um it was just at the end so sorry about that it's okay i mean it's it's better at the end so than the beginning so (laughs) sorry i don't know what, what our deal with the internet is Okay, we're using the real microphone this time. We're not messing around. Let's get this Discord popping. Yo, sorry for the delay. I'm a loud boy. You'll be sleeping. You'll be sleeping on that channel. It's America. Don't get you sleeping, though. I listened to that song, like, maybe 15 times on my way home today. (laughs) It's been... I've listened to it a lot, so... It's just... I was trying to balance out all of the, um... Just immediate rage I was feeling. Because being in traffic for that long is just... I don't know if you've heard the term mass hole. I'm sure that that's gotten around at some point. Everybody in Massachusetts drives... Like, they're competing to be the biggest piece of shit on planet Earth. Um, so it's... It can be frustrating sometimes. Uh, I've heard the term mass hole, but um, only because uh, a girl that I was desperately in love with when I was 13 years old moved to Massachusetts to go to some theater school. And um, she she called all the boys up there mass holes. But that was, mm-hmm. you know, 
1962. So I didn't, I didn't know if that had stuck around yep. or not. I get, yep, that's what happens when they go to Emerson. They start using that word. That's mm-hmm. definitely where she went because it's the only theater school I can think of in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that I had sat here and drank all of my water. So I'm going to immediately put you on hold and go get water before we start this. We just started. I haven't even thought of a bit yet. Well, think fast. Oh, <laughs> hey, instead of thinking about a bit, why don't you think about uh, recording your audio correctly? I got. I figured. Be right uh, back. I figured out the mic. I figured out the microphone. I figured it out. Listen, you guys. <clears throat> As you may know, I recently got a new laptop. www.laptop.com, where I get all my laptops. Um, so I, I traded in the old rust bucket of a PC I had, upgraded to this new laptop. Uh, it's going great, except every time that I uh, stop recording, I unplug it because I take the laptop with me out of the podcast room. So when I come back to record the next week with Jeremy, I got to plug everything back in again, which I did. I didn't forget to plug in my microphone, but for two episodes, I forgot to set my audacity to record for my microphone. So fucked it up. Your boy fucked up. Only done fucking 70 of these things. <laughs> All right. Cut me some slack. Sorry that I sorry that I cursed everybody. Jeremy, could you please uh, could you please bleep, uh, bleep that curse out? I know you're not gonna, but I think our listeners deserve that. This is a Christian server, and we're gonna keep it clean. Thank you. Jesus, Jesus, indeed. This I was just telling the listeners how this is a Christian server, and we're gonna keep it clean. Um, Jesus didn't keep it clean. Jesus was a dirty boy. <laughs> he was hanging out with them uh, sex workers. He was hanging out with uh, Judas. Ever heard of him? You ever heard of him? The ultimate betrayer? <laughs> he was so bad. Um, I don't have a joke there. I don't have a joke for, the, for how bad Judas was. It's I'm okay. Sorry, sorry, everybody. It's okay. You can come back and post and add one in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I'll drop it right here. I brought you frankincense. Thank you. And I brought you myrrh. Thank you. Murder. <gasps> Judas. No. Rewrite all your jokes. Oh, <laughs> if, I, if, if I was desperate enough, that's what I would be doing. If I said a joke and it was only like half funny, I would just rewrite it, re-record it, and then stage your laughter after it. So it's a good thing that I don't end with these podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, you would be you'd be at it for fucking years if that was the case. Yeah, but everybody would be like, "Wow, Chris is the funniest boy on the internet." <laughs> yeah, just look at these it's jokes always, that he it's... definitely did not fuck up. <laughs> like the audio sounds all different and everything. Like <laughs> recorded in a different room. My 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 father in law just sent me an email that says new Google AI can have real life conversation with strangers, and I can't even have conversations with strangers, so I'm not mm-hmm. sure what I'm supposed to do with that information. Yeah, don't know how this robot's managing to do it when I can't pull it off. <laughs> I'm assuming that they me a regular human. <laughs> I'm assuming that they didn't program crippling anxiety into the robot. That's probably <laughs> the best way to avoid those kind of pitfalls. Do you dread talking to a single person you've never met before? Well. <laughs> Do I have news for you, everybody? Oh. What's up, Chris Mosier? How are you? I'm just chilling. Hey, I got Kuan in the mail just now. What? Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I gotta thank him. 
Yeah. I haven't even, like, I just got the package, I opened it, and then I was like, okay, time do, to record. Do you, would you like to do it on this podcast? He listens. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That was incredibly nice yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, no, okay. All right. Let me just take it back for one sec. All right. Take it back. Roll it back. Let me take it back for one sec. Because I feel like I was coming into the situation not, not live on the mic. Let me be live on the mic. Thank you so much. That was incredibly kind of you. I'm really excited to play this game. Um, yeah, that was just super awesome. He didn't need to do that, and he did, and it was really cool. Um, I got tagged in some bullshit on Twitter that I am not happy with. Oh, what was it? If you've been tagged, uh, you've been dared to do the what's on your phone challenge. Uh, your life- oh, I got tagged in that too, yeah. Yeah, shout out to my boy Jake. I'm ignoring that. Oh, yeah, I've got... Oh, you were... <laughs> Yeah, you were you're straight up on the same tweet that I am. Yeah, I'm totally gonna ignore this, Jake. Like you're you're gonna hear this like in three weeks. So I'm pretty comfortable <laughs> with you already knowing that I'm gonna ignore it, but I've ignored literally every single one of these that I've seen. I have a lot of notifications. Just in general or just because of that. Uh, My menchies are blowing up. God, watch out for the menchies, everybody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I um I was reading a tweet today and they, this guy was like to all my mentees out there da 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 and I was like is he what is a mentee and like it took me a minute to realize that it was a real world and he meant for all of the people that I'm currently mentoring which is a oh real thing oh but I God. like my, my broken brain was like is that a weird version of mentees do I not know about that it's a different version of mentees that nobody has informed Jeremy Greer about yet <laughs> I don't know why you have to inform me of these things internet you have to come to me first you have to go to popper internet Jeremy Greer before yeah. you just go using menchies without him knowing. Uh, that's not they don't call me daddy internet because I am not the father of the internet. <laughs> they call you daddy internet because you it's your kink. Yeah, that's cuz that's cuz I can't finish unless you know what I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop that in the middle of the sentence. Oh, I think you made the right choice. How was your weekend, Chris Moser? Uh, I don't remember. So it was okay. Yeah, it was all right. Um, uh, I got some freaking bomb ass sushi, bro. Awesome. Tore that sushi pit up. Yeah, no sweat, bro. Yeah, uh, I got Jess to try some sushi. She'd never had it before. Nice. Um, not in any real capacity, and she didn't like it previously. Mm-hmm. But I was like, just check this out. Like, come on, like we're living. Like we we watch people in anime eat sushi, Jess. Like you can do it in real life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, cause we've watched like cooking anime in the past and it's like, God damn it. This food looks so good. And she's always like, but I don't like, I don't like sushi. So what's, what's the point? Uh, so she finally tried it and not to put just on blast or anything, but she just never, never liked sushi. And, um, uh, we had a really good time. We had some fun drinks, uh, and we had some great food and it was a good time. We never really go out. So it was a good time. Good. What kind of, you, you were just doing rolls or some nigiri or what, what, what were you, what were you we were out? just trying out a lot of like the the specials and stuff that this place had okay i don't know enough about sushi to tell you exactly like what any of it was but uh it was good we tried a bunch of different stuff i can tell you that the more you say the word sushi the more uh my mouth fills with saliva <laughs> just because i'm yeah. fucking starving yeah. right now fuck yeah gamer <laughs> i had a pretty fun weekend sorry that i didn't ask yeah, I don't know what's up with that. I was really trying I to can, lay in some bits for you, like trying to give you some openings. And uh, I just figured you were gonna slam me with it because no, no. I get so pressured when when you're like, "Well, how was your weekend?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't remember. My life is so boring. Um, every moment is agony." And then I have to, oh yeah, that's right. 
every moment it isn't agony. Here's the things I do remember about sweet life. So I'm sorry. How was your weekend, Jeremy? I apologize for not. How was your derby party? You guys had great hats with horses on them. What was what was the deal with that? <laughs> that was there was that's literally the story, man. Like Autumn wanted a cool hat with a with that horse on it, so she there's a local woman uh, that designs and sells very cool hats, so she went and bought one. Okay, well, straight to the point. And she hired a uh, she had her makeup woman to come to my house and apply makeup to the the three women in our party, which was pretty fun. That was, that was yeah. crazy and cool. So, um. Mm-hmm. So what's so what what the fuck is, what is the Derby party? Okay, so let's take this all the way to the beginning. Do you know what the Kentucky Derby is? <laughs> like sort of. Okay, so there are. Um, is it a ra- is it like NASCAR? Is it horses? It's, it's horses, obviously. Duh, that def- was stupid. Definitely horses. It's, horses. it's like NASCAR for horses. Uh, there's three big races. It's really, it's um, really rude of me. <laughs> so uh, it's all about who the fastest horse is. Uh, there's three big races. There's the uh, Belmont, the Preakness, and the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby, for whatever reason, is like the highest of highest profiles. The other two get kind of shortchanged, but they're still like pretty big events. Like you can go to them and party and wear big hats and do the whole thing. The Kentucky Derby has become like the the one that the nation focuses on them. So okay. every year in Kentucky, um, people gather around this thing, and uh, that you know there's four or five races, but the the big one is the last race of the day, which typically takes place about five or six o'clock, and it's like the best of the best of the best. And uh, there's been tons of upsets. There's been, you know, horses that have come out of nowhere to win millions of dollars. And there's been story, some real feel good stories. Like there's a, you know, at one point there was like a, this, this group of people all went in together to be able to afford this expensive horse and to be able to train it in the way that it should be trained. And they, you know, the horse won. So they won millions of dollars and they got to split that all, you know, that kind of stuff. Like there's, so there's feel good stories like that, but basically it's, it's the two minute horse race. The what what the what the uh, TV industry likes to call the best two minutes of on television. Uh, that's not this that thing. I mean, they haven't seen Supernatural, Chris. This is a, this is sports people. They don't watch Supernatural, so they they have not seen the end of season five. See, uh, uh, us us Northerners, as far as I'm aware, we don't have any interaction with this at all. You kept saying like you were having a derby party, and I just I just took for granted that I had no fucking clue what you were talking about. And then somebody. Uh, a client at work emailed and said like happy derby day or whatever and i was like what the fuck did you just say to me and then i thought oh my friend jeremy greer knows about that thing but then i was too shy to ask because i had just revealed that i still didn't know what gumbo was just recently and i just didn't want to double whammy you with my with my northern ignorance here's an article from 2016 um which is from boston.com which is identifying 10 10 of the best places in boston to go to to watch the kentucky derby at part of me thought that like horse racing was illegal i don't know i just (laughs) i'm very very mixed up horse racing is definitely not illegal uh horse racing gambling can be depending on where you are okay is Uh, it nice to the horses though i feel like it's mean to them uh, like there's, it's, it's pretty well regulated. So, uh, you know, and there's, there's some, there's some back and forth on this too, because there's definitely been some like people that don't treat horses. Well, there's been some jockeys that don't treat horses. Well, there's also been people that are, are like super nice, like Bob Baffert, the guy that owns the horse that won over the weekend. He's like, he, this is what he does. Like this is what he's a horse trainer. He has won countless Kentucky derbies. He's won all sorts of races during the, during the year. Okay. He's, he, he, his whole reputation hinges upon not only, um, these horses winning races, but more importantly, being able to sell their sperm afterwards because that's what the whole industry is. Because once you have the fastest horse for the year, you you that you can then breed that horse out. And Chris, 
I should sh- I should send what you some f- some stuff sometimes. It actually uh, it actually might be good cover art for the for a future season of Supernatural. Now that I'm thinking about it, Autumn used to, Autumn used to get <laughs> all these, about that horse comb. Uh, Autumn used to get these really great magazines, and in in the advertisements would all be like these ornate like you know ornately framed pictures of horses and doing cool horse shit, and then like you know starting doses at you know forty thousand dollars. Like it'd be five or six what? digits worth of, of sperm. Yeah, it was insanity. I've call it what it is, Jeremy. Come. I, I hate to say horse come on a podcast, Chris, but I guess I could be there with call you. Call it what it is, you power. <laughs> I, I, I guess I could come down to your level. Uh, I, but yeah, so that's that's it. That means, So a derby party is basically like nobody can afford to go to the Kentucky Derby because uh, like for the Because we- it's illegal and it's the black market, right? For, for the weekend in... Um, <laughs> I don't remember if it was in Lexington or, or the other one. It doesn't matter. But for the weekend, like a condo, because we actually looked into this to see if we would could go. It was like four grand for a weekend, like just for a hotel Jeez. or safe place to stay. Um, so, th- th- so it's just, you know, you go to a place. Typically, they'll have a, a hat contest of some kind they'll ha- or some sort of fashion show. Like this place had a red carpet that women could walk down or anybody could walk down. Um and then you know they'll have some sort of whatever is legal form of gambling at the you know, depending on your state. Um, this one was kind of was kind of sucked because like the only bet you could make was a two hundred dollar bet, which was kind of lame. That's pretty pricey. We used to see in like five or ten or twenty dollar buckets, and yeah, a two hundred dollar uh-huh. bucket's uh-huh. kind of it's a little rich for my blood, Chris. Yeah, that's I wouldn't want to do that. <clears throat> and then um, so okay, they have so mint juleps, is- which is the typical drink for for the Kentucky Derby. <sighs> has its own drink um and then you know they so they serve those and they'll serve champagne and then uh do you kind of just hang out all day and watch the the races preceding the kentucky derby and then you uh watch the kentucky derby and it's the the best two minutes on television that's again i just feel who's who's spouting that lie about it's, the best two minutes on television <laughs> there's been um i want to say this was like the 180th 87th kentucky derby like so this has been going on for a couple hundred years now what the fuck I mean, okay. No, no. I'm being a little bit will. I'm being a little willfully ignorant about this, but I'm. There's a whole mm-hmm. lot that I. I didn't know that when when that woman said Happy Derby Day, I just I had no clue what she could possibly mean by that. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just my own personal ignorance, but I've just never. In, I other than hearing about a thing called the Kentucky Derby, I don't know anything. That's not Chris. I would not. I, I would not feel bad about that. Um, I probably am way more plugged into this since I got married to Autumn and since I was dating Autumn because she was a lot, mo- a lot more connected to horses and horse racing and the horse industry as a whole. Uh, before horse, meeting Autumn, I by, by association, yeah, horse come as well. And yeah. And you know, a little bit of that, that, that whole, uh, black market <laughs> semen thing, right. Which is totally a thing. Uh, but yeah, like I don't think like you know I, I went for years with knowing what the Kentucky Derby was, which was a horse race, without knowing anything around the, around it. And like chicks wore politics. big hats there. That that was it. That's chicks, all I knew. Okay, all right. So that fellow you were talking about who won, like if there was a shonen battle manga based on this, it would be about his life. And then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is that true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and they all do right. they do like um, hold on, they definitely. They don't have pictures of any of this stuff. This is just a. There is definitely horse racing manga. I just I just got that real what? quick. Yeah, that that was what? real easy to find. So I'm just going to drop a link to this and to, into the show notes so that people can go find that just like I did. Um, so like leading up to the Kentucky Derby, like as in between all the races, they do all of these like really like super heartfelt stories about 
maybe the owner or the trainer or the horse itself or you know a jockey that has overcome like a big thing to be able to be here or, or whatever and so that stuff definitely that's this definitely feels very anime to me okay all right where did you drop did you drop those notes on me Oh, I, I did not know, but I'm going to drop this one on you because it says new racing manga portrays bond between jockey and centaur. So, Fuck yeah, gamer. Just want to, um, just going to send this over to you. What server am I on? Uh, don't want to drop that there. I want to drop it in the podcast notes section for you. And then I'm going to go add this to the show because I think everybody needs to see this. I f- oh my god, every time I click on a link, it is just the biggest trash town, horrible fire in the world, because Internet Explorer opens up. Internet Explorer! Oh my dude, why, don't, why is it chroming like your default browser? I don't know, it's new, it's a new laptop, I haven't thought this all through yet. Wow. This is full, I mean, I go, I visit this website all the time, the ad in the background for the full metal version of Full Metal Alchemist manga, I bought that today, it came in the mail. Wow. As any jockey would tell you, the bond between jockey and horse is one of the crucial dynamics of racing. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> you gotta milk that horse. Alright, you wanna do this podcast before we get any weirder? Mm-mm. I, I wanna get into some more horse cum stuff. Are you into it? I think I've exhausted my knowledge of horse cum. Um, do you, you don't have any more questions about horses? I was having a good time doing that. So I think honestly, I know too much at this point. Oh, really? Is that the way this works? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, give me give me a video game update, dude. What's going on? I haven't gamed. I've been recording for like three hours today, so I'm I'm just in the zone now. I have not gamed in a long time. What I played doing? a little bit of the of the Sims, but what? that was it. What you didn't do anything all weekend? Why, why weren't you gaming? I don't know what I was doing. I was trying to. Oh, I played a, a game called uh, uh, World's Dawn, Anime Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I saw the screen. I watched of a, this. I watched a video of a guy saying like, "Hey, these are other like cheaply priced games um, that are similar to Stardew Valley. If you're like, you know, you want something similar, but you've kind of exhausted that." Um, so this game's it was it was ten dollars and it's seemingly like a 15 20 hour experience so it's like a much much shorter um time frame on it than stardew valley had which i had like 70 hours on my first like run through it and that was you know before coming back to it months later and all that so this seemed like it was a much more manageable uh situation it's a lot more story focused i think like every day you wake up and you do the same kind of routine just like you do in stardew valley but there's more story events happening and there is like an actual set storyline that you follow and then you can beat the game. Um, but you can also just keep keep on going and keep farming and, and building relationships and doing all that stuff. Um, you can make friends, you can get married, you can fight monsters, I think. I haven't gotten that far yet. Um, and you can sure as hell farm. So uh, so it seemed like it would it'd be right the thing. Plus I was uh, trying to test out PC gaming. Mm-hmm, Not just mm-hmm. because like, oh, let me see what my laptop can handle. I just like, the actual physical doing of it uh since i'm i'm such a creature of habit that if anything is like even if i bought like a switch i probably wouldn't use it because it isn't hooked up to my ps4 um 
or it's not as convenient to use as my PS4 because I use that for Netflix and YouTube and everything else. So I'm just like, I was just, I was just testing the waters with this PC shit. And? <laughs> and it was fine. It was totally fine. Are you, uh, are you never playing your PS4 again? Yeah, if, uh, PC gaming for life. Um, I'm a PC underscore gamer now. And um, I guess I guess we can't be friends because I don't yeah. I don't really game on a PC. Yeah, Sayonara, um, console gamer. Well, I play my like uh, my ten dollar little iPhone game on a PC. <laughs> <laughs> Next stop, Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, professional streamer, <laughs> professional Fortniter, Chris Mosier. I got to get my notes up. I'm, I am woefully unprepared. I was doing a million different things that were not this podcast. What did you do today? What did you do? Uh, I worked all day and then I uh, came home and I edited a um, three episodes of Don't Give Up Skeleton and an episode of Days Damn. of Future Cast. And then I record, recorded an episode of Days of Future Cast. And then I got all of the uh, art and uh, video ready for tomorrow's episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton to go out. Damn. What's up with I just you, Chris? Wore a band-aid on my head. I wore a band. Stop asking me what's up. I don't have anything different to tell you. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna keep asking you. You realize my day was really bad. <laughs> oh, was it really? I'm sorry, Chris. Tell me about it. What's up? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> You're pulling a full gene right now. Are you okay, Chris? <laughs> I'm fine. What's up? Everything's fine. <laughs> oh. I made myself warm by yelling. Yeah, like I have to take my flannel off now. <laughs> oh Lord! I heard. I saw someone t- today, um, or maybe it was yesterday, make a joke about plaid. Mm-hmm. Um, that plaid is the men's version of makeup. Yeah, because women constantly tell men that they don't need to wear it, and men constantly say that, <laughs> that I'm not wearing it for women. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true yeah it's i don't very true. i'm sorry i can't credit that i'm sure that was on twitter or slack or discord or somewhere but i definitely didn't invent that uh, myself so that's really good that's really good <laughs> yeah right off the bat they kind of address it because it's uh the cold open is is four years ago in idaho hey chris um pa- pause, yeah. pause for a second for me what's up um autumn just texted me that she locked her keys in the car <laughs> oh no is she home no she's at the barn oh oh goodness i don't even know if we have a spare key to her let me um instead of texting her let me just call her real quick you mind hanging out for a sec yeah no that's cool Hey, Chris, do you mind waiting for a couple more minutes? Yeah, no, no, no. If you need to go, it's fine. Well, yeah, I, I just got to find out if, if I need to or not. She uh, Apparently, she left her purse at the house, too. So, like, even if we call oh. Papa Lock, she... And, and there's no spare key here. So, this whole, fu- this whole thing Jesus. is um, oh, So, I'm no. going to call the service and see if they'll pop the car um, and just let me pay over okay. the phone. And if not, then I will figure something out. Okay. Hold the line.
Okay. Well, you got it all figured out? Yeah. Yep. 60 bucks later. And, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be taken care of. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to pause at some point when they actually get the car open. Cause I'll have to give them the payment oh, right. information. Um, so yeah. So follow them. Um, mm-hmm. meanwhile, and just, Dean and, just, uh, and Jeffrey, and they just, sh- uh, let's, sorry. I think we have, I think we're, uh, can we take, can we take a little bit of a break real quick? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that our audio is out of sync because of the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, try to disconnect and reconnect and see if that helps us out at all. Same. Same. Hmm. Hello? Hello? Hey. Okay. Yeah, it was happening for a little while there. Is it still happening, you think? I don't know. Um, I'll say hey, you say ho. Okay. Hey. Oh. Hey. Oh. Hey. Oh. Okay, that's not too bad. We can get, we can get around with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I, li- I listened to an entire podcast where clearly their audio had been out of sync because of like an internet connection and mm-hmm. they, they didn't do anything to, to fix it. So by the end of the episode, there's like 10 seconds of silence in between certain things. and It drove me crazy. Fed up that he actually finally responds to Lucifer and says, shut up and uh, decides to go investigate Jeffrey's home. Um, and this mm-hmm. is something... Chris, that I, I want to talk about. I don't think we. Um... Oh shit! Hey, hold on for one second. Okay. Okay. All right, sorry about that. It's all good. Apparently, they won't, um, which is probably a good thing. They won't let you. Uh, they won't unlock somebody's car without you know evidence that it's yours. <laughs> so I, I had to go take a picture of Autumn's driver's license and text it to her real quick. <laughs> nice. Okay, hold, uh, hold on. You were about to say something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to go into a thing. I just want to make sure that she she's got this so that we don't get interrupted Classic. again. Classic. Classic. I don't know what's up with my internet either. It's it's definitely on my side, but I'm getting, getting weird internet stuff. I'm not downloading. Say lovey. I'm not. Yeah, my download finished a while ago. It was only six gigs. So, Jesus Christ, that would be like an all day experience for me. Oof. Okay, this must be working, it's... so we can get into it. Okay. Your wit or the wittier rape. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and like that, you don't hear them use the word rape very often. And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, crap, that's autumn. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Hold on. Oh. Hey.
Chris, don't steal my credit card. I won't. good yeah she's in the car everything's been paid for so we should be able to oh. do this out without further interruption so. what a drag that she had to go through that though that's such a pain in the ass Kmart shoppers, stop by the men's department where a wide assortment of sweaters and shaker knits, cottons, and jacquards are available in the newest colors and styles. Our fleece tops and pants for men's and boys are made in the USA and are available in a rainbow of colors at a low Kmart price. 